I'm so proud to be here today in Jerusalem, the eternal heart of the Jewish people. So said Jared Kushner himself, a practicing Jew, for what it's worth, uh, speaking as a representative of U.S. President Trump at the dedication ceremony of the United States Embassy in Jerusalem on Monday, a day that also saw the deadliest day of violence in Gaza since 2014, with 58 deaths resulting from Palestinian protests being met with Israeli military fire. We saw violence spill out in the West Bank as well. It's uh, been a move, certainly, that's... uh, drawn a huge level of attention. Uh, Israel being blamed by some members of the international community for the deaths, others pointing to Hamas's involvement in Gaza. And just note for a moment how important this week has been. Monday, the anniversary of the creation of Israel, the 70th anniversary, and Tuesday, the anniversary of, of a day that Palestinians mark with far less celebratory move, their displacement effectively. Let's hear a couple of perspectives. First, Professor George Bisharat from Hastings College of Law at the University of California. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me on. And you have Palestinian heritage. Um, That's correct. Jared Kushner has Jewish heritage. Heritage. From your own view, what was your reaction to Jared Kushner's speech at that opening ceremony? Well, it was deeply depressing, frankly, to see how totally out of touch uh, Mr. Kushner is, uh, President Trump is, with the realities on the ground in in Israel-Palestine. In fact, what's going on is essentially a settler colonial takeover of more and more Palestinian lands, including in Jerusalem and other parts of the West Bank, uh, and the violent repression of Palestinian attempts to resist that process, which was what was essentially going on in the Gaza Strip. So, um, you know, it's it's very clear that uh, that President Trump and and Jared Kushner and uh, you know the 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 current foreign policy uh, team in the United States has gone all in. On Israel's side, uh, and uh, uh, I think we're looking at a protracted period of greater violence, greater instability, uh, greater injustice. Well, let's just recount exactly what happened on Monday. Uh, we're, we're being told 58 Palestinian deaths, um, but also in the thousands wounded. Israeli military forces opened fire. There were images of Palestinian protesters using, I guess, what could be described as rudimentary weapons in response, um, or perhaps Israel's military would say provoking them with them, uh, also threatening somehow to invade um, Israeli territory. Is there any possible justification in your mind for Israeli military action in that situation? Not of this scale, absolutely not. So first of all, let's let's be clear that this is in fact not an international border. Israel has never declared its borders. That is because its, uh, its territorial ambitions have not yet been satisfied, and therefore um, it, it hasn't declared uh, any borders. So this is a, um, you know, this is an occupied territory. Israel still controls, uh, you know, the Gaza Strip, 
controls its uh, the sea routes. It controls the airspace. It controls considerable part of the land uh, from without, for, that is, without having boots on the ground in the Gaza Strip itself. But as you see, you know, Gaza people from the Gaza Strip can't can't approach the the so-called border. They can't approach the fence without being shot, and that's been the case for a long period of time. Now, um, you know, uh, under under international law, an occupying power is entitled to use police force to, um, you know, to quell civil unrest, and um, and uh, that would be true under these circumstances as well. Uh, however. Israeli forces and other occupying forces are only entitled to use lethal violence when uh, either troops or or uh, their own civilians are under imminent threat of uh, serious injury or death. And that's simply not the case. We have had a report of, I believe, one Israeli soldier who is claimed to have been lightly injured by shrapnel, and it's not clear from what source. Um, whereas something like 109 over the last seven weeks, 109 or so Palestinians have been killed, and probably I, uh, I, I don't know the exact figure of the of the injured, but um, just just the other day, as you mentioned, several thousand. I'm going to guess in the neighborhood of 10,000 people have been seriously injured through through the use of live fire. And apparently, this is something that has to be better investigated, uh, through the use of uh, exploding or dum-dum or expanding bullets. Yes. Many of the wounds that have been inflicted on these young, mostly young Palestinians, but not only young Palestinians, um, uh, apparently the doctors are reporting in the Gaza Strip that the entry wounds are normal uh, diameter and the exit wounds are huge. And... Um, and so, you know, a number of these people are going to be permanently maimed, those who survived. Uh, so, you know, um, there, there is no justification whatsoever for this level of lethal violence. Professor Bisharat, thank you very much for spelling out your perspective this morning. Good to have you with us on the line. Absolutely. Professor George Bisharat from Hastings College of Law at the University of California. Well, U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley has spoken at the U.N. defending Israel's use of force, saying no country in this chamber would act with more restraint than Israel has, saying the U.S. deplores the loss of human life. But make no mistake, Hamas is pleased with the results from yesterday. Let's bring in Professor Russell Stone, Professor Emeritus from the Department of Sociology and Center for Israel Studies at American University in Washington, D.C. And thank you for joining us. My pleasure. First of all, would you stand with Nikki Haley in those comments? Uh, is Hamas to blame? What's your own view? Well, Hamas certainly bears uh, some of the blame. Uh, the uh, the uh, level of, uh, of injury is, of course, the result of the, uh, or the standing orders of the Israeli military. But this is uh, only the largest and culmination, hopefully, in, in other words, the last of a long series of weekly demonstrations that have been going on for at least a couple of months in which the, uh, the nature of the demonstrations and the nature of the Israeli re- uh, response 
has been well known for so for the political leadership in Gaza to encourage thousands of people to mass along the border, knowing what the uh, reaction would be, certainly uh, leads uh, to the conclusion that uh, they do bear responsibility for it. How significant is it that you have someone like Jared Kushner, who's the son-in-law of U.S. President Donald Trump, representing him with President Trump's daughter, Ivanka. Uh, Ivanka is Jared Kushner's wife. She converted to Judaism to align with Jared Kushner in that respect. Does that create a conflict of interest? I mean, we know that the U.S. has been viewed as an ally of Israel for some time, but when you've got um, people in those positions clearly standing up in Jared Kushner's case, uh, speaking to the Jewish people in the way that he did, does that make the U.S. position impossibly one-sided, or is it possible for the U.S. at this point to somehow act as a mediator? a multifaceted question. On the one hand, the uh, uh, Kushner and uh, and Ivanka, Trump's daughter, uh, have been criticized for their uh, appointments in what some people have called a nepotistic uh, White House staff. This is certainly unprecedented in American hi- uh, political history, as are many things about the Trump administration. Now, the real support for uh, uh, for Trump, if there is, if there was a political motivation to him doing it, it isn't because of alliance to the Jewish community. The majority of Jews in the United States vote Democrat, and even those who are Republican uh, do not solidly support uh, Trump's uh, style. The real support in the uh, in President Trump's base comes from uh, fundamentalist and ev- evangelical Christians mm. who uh, are very supportive of Israel, and both uh, they form part of the, uh, uh, the, the political base for uh, President Trump, and Israeli political leadership has been uh, uh, catering to them over the years, encouraging them to generate political support for Israel. Right, thanks for clarifying. But the position of this embassy going forward, it's seen as being a, a, a real watershed moment and others will follow to Jerusalem. Does that change the balance of power and the balance of future diplomacy for Israel and Palestine now for the foreseeable future? No, no, it, 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 it doesn't. The, uh, uh, Israel has always been the capital of Israel since Israel was Jerusalem. established 70 years ago. The, the number of... Uh, Embassies that will uh, move to Jerusalem remains an open question. There's only a handful that have even indicated that they might uh, possibly do so. It's a small country, and the distance between uh, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem is uh, is very short in terms of uh, of travel time. Uh, the uh, but uh, but Israel is the capital, and if the Trump administration chooses to recognize that by moving the uh, the embassy, uh, so be it. Now, in terms of how it might affect the peace process, the peace process can only be moved forward by uh, uh, bilateral negotiations between Israelis and Palestinians. Uh, nobody has been able to be an effective broker in that over the years. The, uh, the massive uh, global effort that uh, was known as the, uh, as the Oslo Accords a number of years ago has in the long run gone nowhere. And it's very clear that, that if there is to be a... Uh, two-state solution, and personally I believe that that, that, that must happen, uh, but it can only happen 
through uh, uh, negotiations between Israelis and Palestinians and mutual agreement. Uh, President Trump has uh, as much as said so. He has uh, stated publicly several times that he is willing to support any agreement that the two sides agree upon. Thank you so much, Professor Stone, for offering us an alternative perspective this morning. It's good to have you on the line as well.